Coming up on Tech Thing, PC builds, we got your questions. Dell's XPS 13, Skylake Edition, removing ransomware when games won't surround sound, cheap speakers, monitor choices, and more, all coming up on Tech Thing. This episode of Tech Thing is brought to you by Lenovo. I'm Shannon Morse. And I'm Patty Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we make technology behave. At least on the good days. All of the good days. All of the good days. <laughs> oh my goodness, we asked what your New Year's tech resolutions were, and tons of you emailed to ask us about recommendation on new PC builds. Oh, and yeah. Excellent way to start a new year. Matter of fact, I myself am starting the new year by building a new PC. Yeah, this looks awesome. So this is the new case you showed off last week, mm -hmm. which um, I put where to find this in the show notes, finally. Not <laughs> from Concentrate, the NFC S4. Yeah, I've got a 6700, not K, uh, but a standard 6700 processor, um, some 12 millimeter fans, the Zalman fan. It's just, well, I think this might be this month's Patreon build just because it's going to be so yeah. amusing. Also, uh, it's like my first Pico PSU. That is so weird. This whole thing's going to be running, uh, it's uh, HD Plex. This is their 250 watt power supply. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it. I just can't stand the way you longer. <laughs> I fully understand how you feel. It's like Christmas. Yay, new thing! Well, oh, that is so Feel the base on that? So that basically uses Whoa. an external 95 watt power supply, DC power supply, and cool. it's a DC to DC power supply that runs 250 watts, which you can actually fit Oh, I won't do that. A Core i7, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> do not lick my power supply. Lick your own power supply. <laughs> but I should be able to get like easily a 950 and possibly a much more powerful GPU. Cool. So we'll find out more about that yes. as the build commences. But uh, we got a great question from James who says, Hey Patrick and Shannon, love the show. I'm trying to build my first PC. Yes! And I have two different builds, one with a micro ATX board and then a regular ATX board. I was wondering what you would recommend differently. I have a budget of about $1,000, which is flexible. Thanks in advance, James from Minnesota. Yay, James! So your current builds, I pulled them up on my computer over here. He sent PC part picker lists, which are really, really cool. Yes, I love PC part picker. It's a great way to make sure that everything that you're using is going to be compatible and it's also great for checking prices. They don't include tax, which is a big thing. And I noticed that both of your builds here are over budget. One is about 300 over budget, the other one's about 425 bucks over budget before tax. So you're about 40%, 30, 40 almost, well, probably 30, 40% over budget. Yeah. Like Shannon said, before taxes. <laughs> so keep that in mind. So even though you said that it's flexible, those numbers don't include tax depending on where you live. Of course, if you're in, I don't know, one of those tax-free states, I guess you're good to go. Yeah, or, or if you're ordering and, you know, if you're in a state where maybe Amazon doesn't charge you or yeah. UA doesn't charge you, that helps. But also, you're going to have to flex 40%, which is a big chunk of money. Something yeah. that's worth uh, checking out if you haven't done is recommend, if, especially for first-time builds. Uh, my friends over at PCPer do really, really great uh, what they call their leaderboard, pcper.com slash leaderboard. And they do system builds, the Dream System, which is like their unlimited $3,000 system. But what Ooh. you would be looking at is their mid-range system, which is a Core i5-4690K Haswell, uh, an XFX R9-380DX, great card for the money. Uh, there's also, because you know we've kind of obsessed with PC Part Picker today, <laughs> they have a whole collection of build guides. Um, a $500 beginner gaming PC, an $800 gaming yes. PC, the Grand Theft Auto Ready PC, and the cheapest gaming PC ever for $229, which oh, is tempting so to build. Awesome. Yeah, and you know, a f AMD fanboy build for $3,811. I have no idea what's inside of that, but you know they've got they've got recommended builds for all sorts of different uh, ranges. Yeah. Um, so 
should we go through them sort of looking at both the mini ATX build and the ATX yeah, build? Well, well, let's start with the mini ATX build. Okay. Okay, so for your mini ATX build, um, I'll pull it up again on my computer over here. You could save a good hundred bucks by choosing a smaller hard disk drive mm -hmm. just to start off with. You have a four terabyte on here and you could drop that down to like a two terabyte or a one terabyte. I have a four terabyte in my computer right. and it's so fracking huge. Like I don't think I'm ever going to fill it anytime soon. And that's even with like raw photography and podcasting video files. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely save a lot of money like right there. Uh, you can also consider if you want to go with a Skylake processor for 25 bucks more like the i5 6th generation. Right. Of course, then you would have to switch up all your other components too to make them compatible. Four memory, a different motherboard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the nice things about the Skylake, you know, versus like the X99 motherboards where there didn't seem to be a single motherboard under 300 bucks. Yeah. You can build, you know, we, we, we've had like $125 motherboards in that run Skylake processors just fine, which is awesome. But then you've got to find DDR4 memory, which yep. you can't recycle from an old build. And those so are going to be a little bit more pricey right now. I'd also say, you know, looking at this build, if you're going to be, if you're not going to be gaming, don't spend the money on yes. a 3D graphics card. <laughs> if you are going to be gaming, I would say instead of spending 130 bucks for a GTX 750, spend a little bit more and get a GTX 950 instead, which will yeah. be a very, very healthy bump in performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was looking through this too, I noticed like everything else looks pretty mm -hmm. good. If you're able to find a used mouse, keyboard, and monitor, I noticed that yeah. you must not currently have those and go figure <laughs> since it's your first build. That would definitely bring the price down yeah. a whole lot. So check like local listings, next door application if you use that. Thrift stores, Goodwill. a lot of times they'll have good gamer keyboards, uh, et cetera, for those kind of things. Yeah. I find used mice and keyboards are almost perfectly fine, like almost always. And usually the person just switch them out because they got bored or they just yeah. wanted something new. So or definitely consider those. Sometimes companies will upgrade a whole series of systems and they'll, or they just <laughs> yes. automatically throw out the keyboards and mice that come with new systems. So Garage true. sales, I've, I've bought more, I've actually built PCs out of cases I picked out of the end of somebody's driveway with a free sign on it. Oh and gosh. I'll tell you something, free versus a 50 or $100 case is pretty awesome. Yeah. Didn't reuse the power supply, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. Okay, so I think that's it for your mini ITX mm -hmm. build. And then if I go over to your other build, and let me pull that up the right ATX there. Build. Yeah, so this is your like full tower build. Uh, for this one, I would consider going with, instead of a really expensive case, one that's over a hundred or around 120 bucks, consider going with a cheaper case and mm -hmm. a non-liquid cooled CPU cooler. Yeah. Uh, that's one way that you could definitely save a lot of money. Liquid cooled is awesome, but you may find that you don't even need it. You'll also have to open up more options for cases <laughs> if you don't if you don't go with a liquid cooled one. So you could have tons of options right. for just a heat sink. Um, if you're not overclocking, I just don't think you need a liquid cooler. Yeah. It's just not necessary. And if you had like a 4770K processor that was overclockable, then a liquid cooler starts to make sense. Yeah. Although if you want to keep it under that $1,000 budget, you know, you're looking at a $25 or $50 you know, air cooler doing a lot of the work of a liquid cooler. You could start with an inexpensive air cooler, then as you get more competent with overclocking, or, or more confident probably would be mm -hmm. a better word, go with a liquid cooler that'll give you more headroom on the thermals. I also noticed you had this pretty badass uh, Radeon Sapphire R9 294 gigabyte VaporX video card, <laughs> which is an awesome video card if you have like 
2,080p monitors oh, or a 2560 yeah. by 1440 monitor. For the 1080p monitor you have on this list, that that GPU is way 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 overkill. It is more GPU than you are going to need. It is. It's like so it's he could totally save some money by lowering the GPU. I I f yeah I'm fire up the email askatechthing.com subject line Patrick you're an idiot about GPUs. <laughs> but for 1080p gaming, a 950 is going to get you like 90% of the way, and by oh, a yeah. 970. You've got pretty much everything turned up pretty far, and by the time you start getting into the 980, um, you know, territory, and you know, into, and by the time you get to a $300 GPU, it's pretty much overkill for 1080p gaming. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by next year, a lot of this year's performance is going to be a lot less expensive, so spend less money now. And when you go to a bigger monitor, or if you decide to get a bigger monitor, then, or a higher resolution monitor, not yeah. necessarily a bigger monitor, because you can get a 40 inch 1080p monitor, <laughs> then it's time to go spend three, four hundred dollars, a yeah. million dollars on GPUs. And again, instead of having that i7 in here, you could drop that down to an i5, mm -hmm. uh, like the 4690K has almost almost the same uh, gigahertz, so the same speed as the i7, so you right. could you would not see much of a difference there either, well, and that would save some money. For that would gaming save like you won't, bucks. but if you're doing something like video rendering where it uses all of the cores, well, then the core I don't core know if he's doing video rendering. That's a good question, yeah. You know, this seems like a very gaming intense computer, it so does. that's what I would recommend for this one. Yeah. Um, hopefully that helps you save some money. I really hope it does, because I, I think your choices are cool, but they're yeah. overpriced for what you probably need. So, don't yeah. overspend. Yeah. You need money to spend on Steam. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Moving on. Simon asks Hi, Shannon and Patrick. I have a two to three year old Dell XPS 8500 desktop. It has four memory slots. Two are currently filled with four gigabyte sticks. I want to upgrade to 16 gigabytes. I know I can't mix DDR types of memory. The PC is used for general day to day tasks. I don't do any video editing. What would you recommend? What are my options and the pros and cons of number one, installing an additional single eight gigabyte stick? I read that this may not be the best solution. Is that correct? Two, remove the two by four gigabytes and replace them with two by eight gigabytes. Obviously, the expensive solution. Three, add an additional two by four gigabytes. That will fill all four slots. I doubt it will require more than 16 gigabytes in the next few years. Many thanks in advance. Simon from London in the UK. Cool. Okay. So this one's easy. <laughs> uh, he also shared right. a vendor system check, which says that adding an eight gig stick is cool, and it is, but it increases the chance of issues. So I always just recommend no to mixing RAM, especially sizes and things like that. There wouldn't be anything wrong with replacing your two four gig sticks with eight gig ones, of course. Like you mentioned, that right. is a little bit more expensive. But yeah, if you can afford it, you go right on ahead. Who knows? Maybe you could resell them if you're they're still in working condition, the little four gig ones, and get some money back and then save some. <laughs> Probably the, the 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 correct thing to do is absolutely to do two additional four gigabyte sticks yeah. or so two eight gigabyte sticks. Personally, I would probably go with adding just two more four gig sticks. That said, after I read uh, GamersNexus.net did a great article called RAM Performance Benchmarks Single Ooh. Channel versus Dual Channel Doesn't Matter. What they basically found out is single channel and dual channel make a big difference in memory benchmarks. Yes, they do. And nothing that shows up in actual application-based benchmarks. It's really funny. Like oh, the memory really? benchmarks run faster, <laughs> but like games and stuff, not so much. And at that point, I started like dumping. Like at that point, I, I had like two eight gigabyte sticks that I split across two machines running in single channel mode. I noticed like having a dual core processor versus a four core processor. Yeah. That was a nightmare. Yeah. Right. Because because a two core processor on a Windows 10 desktop, when you have like 125 tabs open, like me. 
everything stutters and stops. A single stick of memory versus two stick of memory, nothing I ever noticed. <laughs> that's, so, that's not the right way to do it. That's course. not what the engineers say to do. <laughs> But there are options. <laughs> well, I, I would prefer to just add the two four gig sticks. It would save you money, and that way you wouldn't have any issues. Um, if you do like focus a lot on benchmarks, the benchmarks always say single single uh, channel is worse than yes. double dual channel. So if well, you stick to that, benchmarks. yeah, the memory based <laughs> benchmarks. So yeah, I would go with the two four gigs, save yourself some money, and then you will have your sixteen gigs and all of your channels filled to the brim. It's yes. also one of those things if you can find use memory like on Craigslist or something yeah, equivalent you can save so much money just buy just buy the it's amazing how <laughs> memory like if it runs it pretty much runs forever and if you if it's a faster memory it'll run at the memory of the like if it's DDR 1600 it'll run at a slower like 1333 speed oh it'll basically you know what figure out what your memory is your current memory is and get something that's that fast or faster and then it will run at the speed of your current memory cool memory's fascinating Memory is fascinating. We did a whole episode on memory. Of course, you can check that out over at techthing.com mm -hmm. and you can email us your recommendations, ask at techthing.com. Want TechThing to keep coming each and every week? Do us a favor, become a patron at patreon.com slash techthing. You can donate however much you want per episode. Every little bit counts. You'll get access to perks like our build videos, secret posts for patrons only, and even a monthly hangout with us at the higher pledge levels. If you can't donate, that is okay. Share the show with someone you think would find it useful. Thank you so much for supporting TechThing, no matter how you do it. Three questions answered, three reviews, three picks, all in three minutes, and this week's Rapid Fire Roundup is brought to you by Lenovo. Thank you, Lenovo. And it's a speed round of your questions. Are you ready, Patrick? Yes. I'm ready too. Let's go with number one from Richard who writes, Hey, Patrick and Shannon, I will soon move in with my lovely girlfriend and her $2 and we'll need to merge our digital assets. Most of it will be easy, but for one thing. From my AV receiver to my speakers, most of my audio gear is AirPlay compatible, which allows me to stream audio to all my rooms simultaneously through iTunes. I would love for my girlfriend to also be able to use them, but all her devices are Android-based. Is there a way for her to use my devices without having to switch to Apple devices? Thanks from Richard. And Richard, I will give you one recommendation from a, a now wife who used to be a girlfriend. Don't make her switch. Don't make her switch to Apple products. It's, it's like a it's like a blended family in two <laughs> levels, man. Yeah, one, leave the toilet seat down. Yep. Two, don't make her switch to Android. And three, you're in such good luck. There are tons of options uh, that run on Android. Check out. Uh, go to the Google Play Store. Uh, here's one right here. All Cast uh, or All Connect or All Stream or Air Audio for starters. They all offer streaming to AirPlay devices from Android. Some of them are free. Some of them have in-app purchases. All of them are highly, highly rated. Yay! And number two is from Donovan from Australia who writes, Patrick and Snubs, I have a nice little home theater PC that gets plenty of TV and movies watched on and games played thanks to Steam. The home theater PC is running Windows 10 and is connected to an aging Sony AVR connected via SPDIF output that gives me surround sound for video but not for games. No matter the in-game configuration, I only ever have stereo. Is there additional hardware required for surround sound gaming? What am I missing here? Great show and keep it up Donovan from Australia this is a classic question on gaming forums yeah I saw um, this and I was like that's a Patrick question well I also I saw aging Sony AVR if memory serves uh, spit of aka little optical connections uh, which are also sometimes RCA jacks, but that's another conversation um, they only support compressed audio via DTS or AT3 so if you're 
AVR doesn't support those specs, or if your motherboard or sound card don't support those specs, it won't work and you get oh. stereo. Surround sound, I gotta say, it is a lot simpler in the HDMI world. Um, they have a really good Denon uh, uh, AVR pick at the wire cutter, and I would oh, highly recommend, if you've yeah. been looking for an excuse to upgrade your AVR, this may be it. And Wirecutter is a great website. And number three is from Josh from Germany who writes, I am in the market as the email title suggests for a $100 to $150 speaker setup. Could you imagine reviewing the current market in that price range, maybe even above? It is really hard to find good reviews in that regard and you seem to have the knowledge behind it. Best, Josh from Germany. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thanks, man. Look, you can get a great speaker for under 200 bucks. Spending more money on a speaker, you know, the idea is that you get more detail, more sound stage, the bass gets tighter. There are some fantastic deals out there. Pioneer's SPBS22LR, those are designed by Andrew Jones for Pioneer. He's the guy who, who designed those ELAC speakers I was gushing about at CES. These are a fantastic deal for 100 bucks, and they are available all over the place. If you are a Sony fan, definitely take a look at, well, actually, it's kind of funny. A lot of people loved uh, Sony's SSB3000, which are end of life, but they've been replaced by the SSC S5, which already have 36 customer views with four and a half stars. That's a nice, <laughs> you know, inexpensive book uh, shelf speaker. Music oh, Hall. I have those. Music Hall marimbas. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> really awesome. I put them. I have them set up in my living room, and they sound great. They light up the entire living room, and I have them connected to my Sonos, and it's amazing. It's a great setup. Does that voice sound happy or what? Uh, <laughs> NHT New Super Zero, Super Zeros are supposed to be good. Audio Engines 2, a lot of people love. And don't forget that you also need something to power it. A $20 Lapai 2020A uh, is a really cheap start. It, it is, you know, this, well, it, you know, it's funny. Like, they're $30 now. Next week when they're in stock, they'll be down to like 17 bucks. The price is all <laughs> over course. the place. Uh, also, do yourself a favor. Look for great brands like uh, B&W, Kef, whatever the classic audio manufacturers in Germany might be. Look for used components. That's how I got started, and it is a great way to get going. Like, you know, 10-year-old, you know, B&W speakers or Kef speakers that cost $1,000 a pair yeah. are probably selling used for 300 bucks. And because of the technology they used in the speakers, because of the materials they used, they probably sound just as good as long as they haven't been abused by a, a, uh, a drunken motorhead fan. Check garage sales. Goodbye, Lemmy. Got some more thoughts to share? Email askatechthing.com or tweet at techthing, and we will do our best to answer your questions or share your ideas. I've been carrying Dell's 2013 XPS 13 for a couple of years now. The 2015 update that launched at CES last year added the Infinity Edge display screen with a very thin bezel and it sticks to the kind of like classic CNC milled chassis and lid carbon fiber palm rest, a great keyboard and an excellent touchpad. But the big thing was that they made this really thin bezel on the top. It's so pretty. It is pretty and it actually is pretty cool um, in terms of actual using it. I also got to say the keyboard on this is fantastic. It is a very thin laptop. Top, like 9 to 15 millimeters, that's like 0.33 to 0.6 inches. It's only 12, it's actually under a foot wide. It's 11.98 inches wide wow. with a 13.3 inch screen. How's that for math? 7.88 <laughs> inches deep. Um, the touchscreen version is 2.9 pounds and the non-touch version is 2.7 pounds. So late in 2015, Dell updated the XPS 13 with a Skylake CPU and they've got two basic options, a non-touchscreen 13.3 inch 
uh, 1080p and the touchscreen Quad HD, which is 3200 by 18 version. And you got the Quad HD one, right? I am loving the higher resolution of the 13.3 yes! inch screen. Well, I've been running, <laughs> right, I went from a 4K desktop monitor to a 2560 by 1440, a, a WQHD desktop monitor, and it became frustrating because I got used to having lots of stuff up on my desktop, which yeah. you cannot do on a 1080p screen, especially on a laptop. Yep. I do run text-heavy pages in like 125% mode, and that screen, by the way, the touch screen on this is under Gorilla Glass. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous screen. Oh yeah, it's of, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful saturated colors, looks great. Um, on the downside, that Quad HD screen bumps the cost uh, $300 more than Ooh. the 1080p non-touch non version. Uh, and my understanding from some of the benchmarks I've seen at other places, uh, it gets about two hours less battery life. So the 1080p oh, non-touch wow. screen version I'm hearing gets about 10 hours of battery life on battery benchmarks, and this is getting about eight, eight and a half hours. Okay, well it's a full work day. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it's. That's why I judge up. them. I'm like full work day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still want a th I want a 24 hour battery. That would be amazing. Because I'm a free. So the <laughs> processor in this is a sixth generation uh, Intel Core i5 6200U that's running like 2.8 gigahertz uh, maxed out, three megabytes of cache. There's eight gigabytes of RAM on board and a 256 uh, gigabyte hard drive or excuse me SSD in the version I tested, which I want to oh. say is a PCIe uh, NVMe. It was funny, when I benchmarked it initially, it was running slower than the 2013 version. What? Uh, yeah, well, I was running Handbrake, and it was running really, really slow. Updating the BIOS apparently fixed a TDP cap, and the rendering speed on the 2015 version nearly doubled. That's so weird. Uh, well, I, th I think what they did is they capped the TDP, uh, or, or throttled the processor, because they were concerned about the oh. TDP. In any case, it went from like 17 to 34 frames per second, which is a big bump wow. up from the 19 frames per second that the 2013 model yeah. uh, was running. Um, that, to <laughs> me, is a, a big, healthy jump. Yes, there is a USB-C port, uh, but one of the nice things about this is they put a whole lot of other ports on there. Um, there's actually two USB 3.0 ports, and a SD, SHC, SDXC card reader, which I'm a big fan of still. Uh, there's a headset jack and a dedicated charging port, uh, though in theory the USB-C Thunderbolt 3 port also supports power. So um, that Thunderbolt USB 3.1 Gen 2 uh, can actually do a display port with a display port adapter. Oh. Then they also have an optional $80 Dell adapter, which converts that USB-C Type-C port to uh, 80 bucks? Yes. Wow. Well, you get VGA, you get HDMI, you get Ethernet, and you get another USB 3 port. We got a USB Ethernet thing out there. Of course, it's USB 2.0, but it's like 12 bucks. Well, that doesn't do HDMI or VGA. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, this, 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 this whole Type-C thing, mm -hmm. it's pretty much coming everywhere because yeah, it allows it you to eliminate a bunch of ports and it allows another place for companies to make money. Um, that said, I do really appreciate it when vendors put more than a Type-C port on there because you can do a lot with two USB 3.0 ports and an SD card slot. Oh yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> 56 watt hour battery, you should expect like eight plus hours of battery life out of mm -hmm. this. Um, I was really happy, no blaring fans. I think it got up to about 40, 43 dB when I started maxing oh, things out. So okay. that's, that's pretty reasonable by yeah. my standards, especially when I'm still thinking of certain previous older laptops I had that would be like, I'm playing a flash video. <laughs> but the TDP on the, uh, on the CPUs has gotten so small, there's a lot less heat to pull out of the laptop. Um, the, from what I've heard, from, from what I've seen from reading other reviews is the, uh, 
the Quad HD laptop will get hotter mm -hmm. in certain activities than the 1080p because it's it's doing so much more work on the graphics side of things. Okay. Um, I actually, I'm really impressed with it. Bluetooth 4.1 built in. Uh, uh, it's got Dell's 2x2 802.11ac running at 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. Okay. And there's a new gold version launching in February. What is up with everybody doing gold launches? I don't understand this. Even Huawei did a new Nexus <laughs> 6P in gold, and I was just like, I like the, you really? Know, I don't know. I was kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing. Apparently. Blame Apple. It's a trend. Blame Canada! That's <laughs> going to get me email. Um, one thing, couple of cons on this one. The webcam, a lot of people are driven completely insane by the webcam, which is right there. Why is it down there? Because it doesn't fit over now. the incredible yeah. bezel up here. Um, That's weird. <laughs> the current models, as far as I can tell, you can't run more than eight gigabytes, which is more of a power user problem than an everyday user problem. If you need all the memory, the XPS 15, which is the big sister of this model, will offer 32 gigabytes uh, version starting in February. Um, you know, I also, you know, I forgot something I actually, there it is. Uh, they do an external battery gauge. I forgot how much oh, I love that's these. cool. So it lights up little LEDs yeah. giving you a percentage of the battery. So it, yeah, it basically tells you how much battery life is Neat. left. And as your battery starts to run down, you get in the, the little white light down here turns orange, as in yo, plug that, me in. That's cool. Um, yeah, onboard HDMI would be nice, but seriously, it is not the way laptops are going in 2016. Uh, that uh, 2 by 2 802.11ac is not multi-user MIMO, okay. which won't be a big deal for most of us until next year because the multi-user MIMO routers are just kind of coming out in volume now. Yeah, yeah, they are. So do you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down? I don't want to give it back. This is a fantastic laptop. Wow. Well, I carried, the, right, I carried the 2013 version for like two years. Yeah. It has survived with flying colors. It's not like I am a gentle user of laptops. They go with me everywhere. They travel with me everywhere. Yeah. My, my three-year-old and my eight-year-old pounce on them, which I try <laughs> to avoid, but sometimes happens. Like a lot of the laptops we've seen over the last year, they have sort of like, it starts at $799 in the non-touch version, but that's with a Core i3 processor and four gigabytes of memory. Mm. You can live with four gigabytes mm. of memory. You can also spend your entire day hopping down the street. <laughs> spend the extra 200 bucks, get this eight, yeah, get the eight gigabyte version with the Core i5 processor. Uh, it is a much better place to start, just saying. Awesome. So yes, a big thumbs up. I wanna give a quick shout out to our friend Luria Petrucci, formerly known as the artist Kelly Lewis <laughs> and the Geeks University team because they're doing something awesome over at geeksuniversity.com. They're launching their new collection of all sorts of awesome courses to help you make amazing videos, build a loyal audience, and get your geek on. Uh, their official launch to the public is Friday, Friday at geeksuniversity.com. So we're super excited for them, mm -hmm. and I'm 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 I always love to like help out my friends, and Lori is a really good friend of mine. So we're really proud of you guys. So yay, go check them out, geeksuniversity.com. Go, Luria! Yay! Yay! <laughs> One last question before we go from Eric. Hello, Shannon and Patrick. Any recommendations on a good monitor? Is IPS really a problem for gaming? My only musts are priced under 175 bucks. Lower is better. Size 24 to 27 inches, 1920 by 1080 resolution. No 4K needed. I am upgrading my aging PC, which is four years old, and realize I should probably upgrade my monitor too. My current monitor has a 16 by 10 aspect ratio and is causing issues when getting my Steam gaming on, hence the 1920 by 1080 requirement. The primary use is for gaming, but I do some Photoshop work to. I'm currently considering the Asus VC279H. Thanks in advance to your loyal viewer, Eric. Yay! 
Okay, so that's a great question, actually. Yeah. Uh, IPS isn't a problem unless you play a lot of first-person shooters, which require a fast refresh rate. With IPS monitors and plane switching, is that's what it means, uh, they clock in around 60 hertz or so, depending on the monitor, while TN monitors, aka Twisted Pneumatic, if you want to get all technical and stuff, those clock in at around 144 hertz. If you're not a super gamer, I don't think you're going to get a lot of the 144 hertz benefits. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like the FPS is the big thing there. If you're if you're playing like WoW, then you're good. You're fine. So <laughs> the drawback, Photoshop. the drawback with TN though, even though it's faster, it's got a faster refresh rate, is the color angle, the color accuracy, and the viewing angles. So that's a big drawback with TN monitors. As you get uh, off axis, they start to look. Yeah, they look a little bit. Different, so that can be a deal breaker if you're working in Photoshop, like Especially you mentioned. in groups. Yeah, so I don't know if you play FPS, but I would stick with an IPS monitor. I've been doing IPS monitors for years, and I play yeah. things like Counter-Strike, and I don't have any issues, even though I really, really stink at those games. Now, your price point <laughs> will be the big factor here. You can get the best of both worlds if you really wanted to, over 500 bucks. <laughs> Yeah. So well, it's, it's funny because most people pricey. most people buy a monitor for and they use it for years. Oh yeah. Like I know people I are running like seven year old monitors, like yeah. their little twenty inch, like, and it's <laughs> well again. It's a, you know, to go to a 2560 monitor is a big financial jump. It is, it's huge. Even if you're doing like a cat leap coming from Korea, <laughs> it's still like three, 400 bucks. So for 175, you've picked a really good one. Mm -hmm. The VC279H uh, is a great one. But if you want to save a little bit more money, like a 30 bucks or something, you mm -hmm. could go with the VE278H. Uh, this one has a two millisecond lag time over the five millisecond lag time, mm -hmm. which your choice has. So if the Lag time is a big issue for you. You might want to go with this one because it's currently on sale. So <laughs> I like sales. Sales are good. Sales are good. <laughs> you could also, I mean, it's kind of funny, you could consider keeping your existing monitor and using the second monitor yeah. to kind of expand your desktop Dual space. Monitors, Although awesome. then you have color balancing issues between the two monitors. That's true. Yeah, or maybe save for a little while and see if the prices on the, on the, that's the, what the I'm doing. Monitors that's what down. I'm doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save. keep my little crummy ones from like five years ago for a little bit longer because they work and there's no dead pixels, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, remember guys, this is the end of the show. But once in a while, <laughs> put down the phone, step away from your screen, do something analog, like build something with your kids, like our viewer Ross did. So he actually emailed us and said, hello, I just wanted to reinforce the do something analog message that you guys promote and let you know I do indeed take it to heart and appreciate the message. I am far from an engineer, developer, programmer, but want to provide my children a firm basis in math, science, and computers. Go you! He has a four-year-old <laughs> boy and a six-year-old girl. He's even spending the time building an animal elevator. Really? And he sent us this adorable picture. Oh, that that's awesome. They're building it with hot glue, a bamboo, bamboo skewer, and a pasta container. And it's an opportunity to teach some very substantial topics to the next generation. And guess what? It's fun. And he says, thanks for reinforcing the step away from the computer topics. Thanks again from Ross. Never Thank you, Ross. underestimate the power of giving small children a cardboard box. I think it's amazing. They're so creative. <laughs> and this is such an excellent thing to do analog style and help out some animals. So I guess we have an animal that needs some stairs. That's super cute. Of course, if you guys have an analog idea, you can send it in, askattechthing.com. We'll share it on the show. We are all ears. Yep. And screens. <laughs> I'm Patty Norton. I'm Shannon Moore. We'll see you next week on Tech Thing.
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you really just throw a CPU at me? Yes. But you caught it. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I met a movie star this weekend and I licked my hand. Uh-huh. It's true. I know. I don't doubt it. <laughs> but I didn't think about I just doing can't that. Talk about it. Until my friend Seb came up to me and he goes, Oh, you're gonna lick your hand now. And I just looked at him and he goes. Oh, it gets <laughs> he better. Was like, oh. And then you offered the hand to your friend. To I lick. did. I offered my hand to my friend. I was like, Do you wanna lick it now? <laughs> I mean the like, movie no. star in question. Pretty lickable. Ew, really? Gross. I mean, well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the woman who licked her hand after shaking their I, hand. I did it just to like rile up my friends. That you was did. the only reason. Friend Riler. I know. You're a friend Riler. I'm a friend Riler. A friend Riler. Riler friends. And a CPU licker. <laughs> <laughs>